Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, your life connection to the information for a healthy body, an enlightened mind, and a renewed spirit. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to We Get Results. It is Tuesday, April 27th, 2021, and I'm your host, Mary Singer Albertson. If you haven't joined me before, We Get Results airs on the fourth Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Eastern, and is archived for later listening. The purpose of We Get Results is to discuss challenges we're facing in the U.S. and globally and connect listeners to ways they can make a difference. Everyone can get results if they know what to do and want to help make changes for the betterment of those who have no voice. One of the best ways I've found for one person to make a difference is taking action through the results organization. We're a volunteer citizens lobby meeting with Congress to create the political will to end hunger and poverty. So you can check out www.results.org. Click on the successes page to see what has been accomplished, and it's been a lot, by volunteers in the past 40 years or so. Um, So today, we are going to focus on child abuse because April is National Child Abuse Awareness Month. It brings national attention to a problem that is increasing and what everyone in the community can do. So my guest today is is, uh, Nicole Mullane, who is the supervisor of the mentoring program at Child Safe Michigan. Child Safe Michigan is an excellent organization working with abused and neglected children in the areas of mentoring, foster care, and adoption. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Nicole um, before we start talking to her. Are you there, Nicole? Yes, I'm here, Mary. You can hear me? Okay, let me just Okay. All right, so a little bit about Nicole. Um, She has over 20 years in the human services field, She's a licensed foster care worker and is the supervisor of the mentoring program, which services youth who've been abused and or neglected between the ages of 7 and 23. She's worked at Child Safe Michigan for three years, and prior to Child Safe Michigan, she was a substance abuse counselor for five years and a probation officer for 11 years. She received her BA in psychology and early childhood development at the University of Detroit Mercy, where she was the valedictorian. So welcome, Nicole. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you fine. And thank, thank you, you Mary, so much for, for having joining. me on today. Well, thank you for, for being on today. I appreciate your help, and um, I know you do lots of good work with Child Safe Michigan, and um, I think we just need to inform listeners of a lot of things that they might not know about child abuse. Um, I think most people know something about child abuse, but there is a lot of information that we all need to know and what we might be able to do to help. So um, do you want to just talk about what child abuse is and what are the different types of child abuse? Sure. Um, So child abuse is defined as when a parent or caregiver whether through action or failing to act, causes injury, death, emotional harm, or risk of serious harm to the child. And Mm -hmm. there are many forms of child abuse, but the most common are physical abuse, neglect, emotional abuse, and sexual abuse. 
So physical abuse is when someone hurts or harms a child or a young person on purpose. And that would include hitting with hands or objects, slapping, punching, kicking, shaking, throwing, poisoning, burning, biting, um, breaking bones. And Hmm. it's also important to remember that physical abuse is any way of intentionally causing physical harm to a child or young person. And it also Mm -hmm. includes making up the symptoms of an illness um, or causing a child to become unwell. Uh, And neglect, which is the most common form of abuse, actually, um, that is an ongoing, ongoing failure to meet the child's basic needs. And neglect can be a lot of different things, which can make it a little more difficult to spot. Um, But broadly speaking, there are four types of neglect. So there's physical neglect, which is denying a child's basic needs, such as food, clothing, or shelter, um, or their their needs are not met, uh, or they are not properly supervised or kept safe. Uh, There's also Mm -hmm. educational neglect, which a parent doesn't ensure that their child is given an education. They're missing a lot of days of school, um, or they're not taking, they're they're not enrolled in school. And we saw a lot of um, statistics on that due to the pandemic, um, because a lot of parents, they don't have the numbers quite yet, because it is hard to, like, show the numbers, because there's not that, um, it, it hasn't gone on long enough. But there were a lot of parents that they um, know that weren't enrolling their kids even in the virtual platforms that were offered. So Mm -hmm. that's one concern. Um, And then another form of neglect is emotional emotional neglect, which a child doesn't get the nurture and stimulation that they need. And that could be through ignoring, humiliating them, intimidating them, or even just isolating them, not letting them um, go to school or be around anyone else. Um, and then there's medical neglect, and that is when a child isn't given the proper health care, um, which would include dental care or refusing or ignoring medical recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this, now we go into emotional abuse. So emotional abuse includes humiliating or constantly criticizing a child, threatening, shouting at a child or calling them names, making the child the subject of jokes or using sarcasm to hurt a child, blaming, scapegoating, um, making a child perform degrading acts, not recognizing Mm -hmm. a child's own individuality or trying to control their lives, and pushing a child too hard or not recognizing their limitations. Um, Also, that could include exposing a child to upsetting events or situations, which would include domestic violence, or the use of uh, using drugs or drinking. Um, Also, failing to promote a child's social development and not allowing them to have friends, um, persistently ignoring them, being absent, um, and never saying anything kind to them or expressing any type of positive feelings or congratulating Mm -hmm. a child on success. Um, so it's basically not, and, and again, it's not showing any emotions in interactions with the child. So that would also be considered emotional neglect. And the last most common um, form of abuse is sexual. 
abuse. And there's two types of sexual abuse. There's contact and non-contact sexual abuse. Um, and this can happen in person or we've been seeing a lot more online as well. So contact abuse is when an abuser makes physical contact with the child, which would include sexually touching any part of the child's body, whether they're clothed or not, using a body part or object to rape or penetrate a child, forcing a child to take part in any sexual activities, and making a child undress or touch someone else. And contact abuse can include touching, kissing, oral sex, and sexual abuse, that even isn't penetrative. And then there's the non-contact sexual abuse, and that's where a child is abused without being touched by the abuser. Um, and that would be like exposing or flashing, showing pornography, exposing a child to sexual acts, uh, making them masturbate, forcing a child to make, view, or share child abuse images or videos, and making and viewing or distributing child abuse images or videos. And also forcing mm -hmm. to take uh, a child to take part in sexual activities or conversations online or through phones. Mm -hmm. So those are the well, different awful, uh, types of abuse. That's, that's an awful lot of stuff. Um, I yes. think that there probably, don't you feel like there's a lot of parents or families that wouldn't even think about some of the... Um, uh, verbal abuse or um, threatening type things or not being nice or whatever that wouldn't even think about that as Absolutely. neglect. Probably just think about it as, oh, that's just the way I parent. That's the way my parents parented me, and and, and that's okay. But I yes. think people just have no idea what what some of the stuff is doing to children, and they just have no, no clue. So I'm glad that... Uh, we're bringing this up, and I hope that there are other, you know, lots of programs going on trying to um, let people know what they should, you know, be careful that they don't do. I think there's a exactly. lot of times where parents are just so negative to the kids. I know when I was teaching and, and there was someone in kindergarten that wasn't doing very well, and um, I don't know where their parents were from. They were from another country, and not that that matters, but... But it was uh, a um, custom or whatever you want to call it that uh, the child just was supposed to get perfect grades and everything. And if they were in trouble or anything was wrong, you were afraid, teachers were afraid to tell the parents because they knew that something really bad was going to happen to the child. So sometimes it was really difficult, even though, you know, you are expected to, to report everything but I mean there really wasn't anything to report at that point it was just um, you know letting the parent know something the child didn't quite do right and um, you kind of wondered if you should even say anything because exactly. it was so hard on so um, right I think you know um, are you finding that there are like do you have programs that um, talk to parents about this type of thing or um, how do you figure well, that people learn that all these things are stuff that they shouldn't be doing? Well, if someone like else suspects um, child abuse, like a child's being abused, then 
generally would um, they would you know contact CPS, which is Child Protective mm-hmm. Services, um, mm-hmm. which I can provide the phone number. I what I always do is I keep it in my um, contacts on my cell phone, but. And honestly, the first time that I ever had to make a report, I was really nervous, and that's very common for a lot of people um, yeah. to feel anxious, nervous, unsure, you know, you're, uh, about getting in touch with them because there's a lot of what if you're wrong. A lot of people are worried, well, what if I'm wrong, or you don't want to get a friend or family member in trouble, or you might be scared or worried that you won't be believed. But if you don't, share your concerns, then you risk a child being in danger and continuing to being abused. Mm-hmm. So by reporting it, you're taking the first step to help them keep um, by keeping them safe and getting the support they need. Um, mm-hmm. And it is completely, um, it, 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 they don't say who made the report. So it's confidential, everything that is mm-hmm. being said. So, you know, that family doesn't know who made the report. And it's better to err on the side of uh, caution and make the report because, you know, you don't want to hear something happen to that child and you think to yourself, I should have called, I should have called. Well, now it might be too yeah. late, you know. And right. so that's, I think, what a lot of people, um, and, and now being that we don't have uh, the teachers and also pediatricians because um, a lot of kids aren't being taken to the doctors for um, due to the pandemic, a lot of concern mm-hmm. there. Um, so we don't have the eyes that we generally did have um, because they reported between the pediatricians and also teachers, they reported 40% of abuse. So mm-hmm. if you're taking the eyes, you know, away from the child, there's no one that's, you know, can see them, that, that, that there is a problem. And not mm-hmm. only um, with that, there's also the, what happens behind closed doors because, you know, a lot of people this year um, or since this pandemic has happened are very stressed. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty with finances. Um, th- there's just a lot of things going on um, which can make even their home life a lot more difficult for these kids because now um, there's a big increase of maybe uh, alcohol use in the household, anger and domestic violence because of this pandemic and the feelings that it's bringing to the parents. So mm-hmm. that's why we you have need any, everyone. Yeah. Do you have any statistics at all regarding child abuse or anything that's happened since the pandemic or anything like that? Uh, yes, actually, I do. So, well, with the pandemic, this one has, um, it's, it's kind of, so what they're saying is there's actually 30, um, 20 to 70% have, of official reports to child protection agencies have declined since the pandemic. Now, that mm. is, that doesn't mean it's not happening. Um that means that there's not reported reporting happening. So experts predicted that the drop in reporting when the coronavirus pandemic was declared, noting that, like I said, the school closures, um, keeping children out of the view of the adults who make a fifth of all the child abuse reports. Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, they 
fear that the rising unemployment and other economic, um, you know, stresses linked to the outbreak have increased the risk of abuse and neglect. So there's no statistics that they have come out, but they're really trying to work on that. But they know that the abuse rate, even though it's not reported, has increased substantially, mm-hmm. um, even though it states that it's, 20 to 70 percent less reports, but they know that there's mm-hmm. more abuse going on in the home, but there's no way to report yeah. that. So as far as, um, but 700,000 children are abused in the U.S. each year, so that's a lot wow. of children. And it's estimated that at least one in seven children in the United States have experienced child abuse and or neglect in the past year, um, and that's mm-hmm. one in seven children. So that mm-hmm. that could be your neighbor. That could be the little boy across the yeah. street. Um, and with also the child child care workers such as myself, we ensure the safety of more than 3.5 million kids annually. Um, and also, this was interesting too that boys and girls um, experience similar rates of childhood abuse. So it's not more common in boys versus girls. Um, it's pretty much it's 48.6% boys and 51% girls. Um, mm-hmm. And rates of child abuse and neglect are five times higher for children and families with low socioeconomic status compared to children mm-hmm. and families with higher socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. And also children younger than one year, uh, one years old, are the most vulnerable to maltreatment. And they account for more than um, half of child fatalities from abuse in 2018. Mm-hmm. And also in 2018, 76% of child abuse perpetrators were um, a parent to the victim. So child abuse mm-hmm. is definitely most common from a parent. Um, mm-hmm. And also it's an estimated 1,770 children died from abuse and neglect in the U.S. in 2018. Mm-hmm. So I know a while, I know a while ago a few years ago when they were doing um uh, things for uh child abuse awareness month they were using a two wick candle to um uh show that two children were dying every day of child abuse in the US and then eventually it got up to five wick candles for five children dying every day in the US I don't know if you have anything further on that um, on a daily basis, you know, how many kids. But, um, you know, that was a few years ago, so I'm sure that it's um, gone up even more than that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it has. Um, you know, and, and the thing is with children who have experienced any form of violence in childhood, they're at a 13% greater likelihood of not graduating from high school. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, the adult survivors of abuse, of childhood abuse, They there's a lot of um, problems that happen in adulthood. Um, there's a, their health, mm-hmm. a lot more health and mental health difficulties, depression, anxiety, um, yeah. PTSD, substance abuse use. Um, so, you know, there's so much that happens from the abuse. Yeah. We had a person that um, 
spoke to Child Safe Michigan a few years ago. She's passed away since then, but she was in foster care and had a very, very abusive foster mother, and her brother was in foster care with her. And um, evidently the mother used to hang them up by their hands in a room, um, I don't. I think naked, to sleep that way with their arms tied up on, on top and just hanging. And um, she said her brother, she has a, had a book out, um, I think it was like called something like Peter's Song, and um, she said all she could hear was her brother humming a tune, and and um, which kind of calmed her a little bit when her brother was doing that, and then eventually her brother was not making any noise anymore. He'd passed away from the abuse, and she said the only thing that kept her from being a nor kept her being a normal person when she grew up was she had a a foster mother for a couple of years that was a loving person and gave her love and she ended up growing up and and having a family and actually worked for one of the organizations to help kids but um it's just really unconscionable the things that that uh that you find out that people that people have done to kids and um I don't think they realize how much damage just the verbal abuse, I shouldn't say just, that verbal abuse does does to kids too. And um, then there's also abuse from bullying at school. Um, and yeah. I don't know how that can be handled with um, other kids that are doing things to them. Does that is that something that um, Child Protective Services ever hear about that, or how does that work? Well, with... Um, we don't really hear about that too much, the bullying and cyber bullying, um, yeah. which, you know, because it's so, what what it does to the children is so damaging um, because they can never get away from it, you know. It, they mm-hmm. turn on the computer and it's there, and especially now that it's um, so many of the kids have been doing online learning they have to be they're forced to be on these um computers especially the high schoolers because you know most of them are virtual um so yeah cyber bullying and online bullying it can follow them wherever they go uh gaming their mobile phones um physical injuries suicide rate has gone up too hasn't suicide rate has gone up also yeah, um, yeah, and ch- children that they have proven that the ones that have been bullied um, via cyber bullying, they develop mental health problems, depression, anxiety, have fewer friendships, um, aren't accepted mm-hmm. by their peers, are suspicious of a lot of other people, and they have problems adjusting to school and don't do as well. Yeah, um, when people are suspecting some abuse or they want to, try to at least be aware if a child has something that they would suspect, um, what should they look for? So um, so some of the common signs that, um, that you know, anyone could look for, that would include um, bruising or faded bruises, um, you know, like they've been out of school for a little bit or, or 
and then when they come back, there's a bruise, but it's faded. There's also mm-hmm. um, broken bones, fractured bones. There's a lot of um, uh, weight gain, like if you're for neglect, if signs of neglect would be like poor growth or um, not gaining weight or being very overweight. Um, there's also mm-hmm. poor hygiene, uh, lack of clothing or supplies to meet physical needs. Um, so if you're noticing, you know, a child in the winter is wearing shorts or, or you know, shoes with holes in them um, that's not really, you know, keeping them warm, you know, that is definitely a mm-hmm. sign of neglect. Um, or if you notice a child taking food, um, like stealing food um, or hiding food for later, um, that's another mm-hmm. sign for neglect. And just basically, like, lacking clothing and and uh, also a poor record of school attendance. That's another um, mm-hmm. big one for neglect. And, you know, there's, for signs of physical abuse, there's a scarring. Um, that, and as far as, like, emotionally, you know, there's a lot of emotional signs um they spend like a lot less time than usual around people. They're secretive. They seem distant, upset, or angry. Um, they, you just notice like a change in their behavior. Mm-hmm. So I, I think mean, those now are... there's, so, there's so many kids that are um, experiencing hunger. I don't know if it's at one in five now or one in four, but. Um, you know, when they don't know whether they're going to, you know, when they get up and say, can I eat anything today, Mommy? Or, you know, they yeah. just don't have any food. Um, and with the pandemic, with with uh, then canceling out breakfast and lunches that they were getting at school if they were low income, um, there's a lot of or that also. if they were provided lunches, even though they're virtual, but they don't have the ability to pick up the lunches. You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. there was a lot of problems with that. You know, their school district offered lunches and breakfast, but you had to be at a certain location between a certain time. You know, and a lot mm-hmm. of parents are unable to do that, um, or they might right. not have the transportation to even do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that also was very challenging. Um, and, you know, then you get with the communication was lost, too, because a lot of parents didn't know how to navigate through um, emails, and only you know they their only forms of communication was you know calling the school or via phone. But everything turned to mm-hmm. online platforms, and they didn't have a way to navigate through that. So they missed a lot of you know instructions of how to go about getting the food and or applying mm-hmm. for certain things. That that was another yeah. tech, technology barriers. Well, I think um, happily the Biden administration is trying to work on, on a lot of those programs for kids as far as, um, you know, the pandemic um, relief package and different things, increasing, um, increasing SNAP, food stamps, child yep. tax credits that could help people and um, trying to really work on getting communities to work on helping uh, people in their community 
you know, get food, um, you know, yeah, unemployment extension I think right now it right now it's probably not as bad because there's there was a lot of help coming in, but it's gonna go back to no help after a while, so Right. Gonna get some jobs. I know five of my youth on my caseload, they did receive um just within the last three weeks the um the the like five it was like five hundred dollars worth of benefits that were owed to them, but you know they never uh-huh. had received. So, yeah. but you're right. What happens when it goes back to, <laughs> right. you know, not those extended benefits? And yeah, um, well, hopefully there'll be a lot more jobs available again. And, um, absolutely. You know, things things are definitely looking up. Hi, this is Penny, the producer at Body Mind Spirit Radio, and I'm just asking for listeners. What can they do to help out if they are aware that somebody is being abused or if they just have resources that they want to share or help in some way? Great question. Well, um, I was going to ask that. Oh, great. Well, so <laughs> if a child's in immediate danger, um, obviously call police or 911. But if they're not in immediate danger, they can make a CPS report. And CPS, again, stands for Child Protective Services. And that phone number is 855-444-3911. And, again, if someone does make a CPS report, it is completely confidential. They are 24 hours, and the person on the other line is extremely um, empathetic and very uh, – it's a very easy process because it is normal mm-hmm. to feel anxious and nervous. And there's a lot of reasons why people might not want to report it, like I mentioned, about being if you're worried if you're wrong or you don't want to get a friend and family member in trouble. Um, but you don't have to be certain that abuse is happening. You don't have to know it all for sure. But if you suspect it, it's best just to report it. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like I had mentioned, you know, we don't have a lot of eyes on these youth. So it could be your neighbor. It could be the um, the, the boy at your church that you've noticed um you've noticed a change in or you've uh noticed them with bruises coming into you know the weekly mass um you know it would be best to make a report because you don't want to mm-hmm. hear something bad on the news and if a child talks to you about abuse or neglect it's really important just to listen to the youth carefully to what they're saying let them know that you that they're right by telling you. Um, let them know that it's not their fault, and that. And it's also very important that you do explain um, to them what you'll do next. Um, that you know there might be a report, but the most important thing is not to ask them leading questions. For example, did he hit you? Because if it ever did go to um, a trial or you know, the court system, that might hinder the investigation because mm-hmm. they would use that as a, um, that, that you ask them a leading question. So, um, and, uh, you know, you there's a lot of... A question? Could you ask them a question like, um, what happened? Or yeah. Didn't do that you could, you could ask them, absolutely, like if you, if you see a bruise or something and you uh, ask the child, yeah, what happened? And... I've had this happen to me where a youth said, 
Well, my dad told me not to talk about it. Well, that's a big red uh, flag right there. Right. Um, so when, you know, something like that, and I wouldn't push the child. Um, if, you know, I would feel I would feel the situation out, but I would also try, you would more than likely, to me that's a red flag, I would make a report, you know. Yeah. And you can also, um, there's tons of resources if you Google, um, you know, child abuse, there's a lot of support for that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's helplines. There's a child helpline that you can call, and you can talk to them before making a report. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's tons and tons of resources. But it's better now, to be safe. If you safe. are a teacher, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Better to be safe than sorry. I um at at one point I had a child because I was a speech therapist and I had one in my class that I felt like I was seeing a bruise and stuff and I um I knew that I was um obligated to to call in but I think at that point that was the first one I'd ever seen and I so I went to the principal and I told the principal what I saw and he said oh let me take care of it which at the time I thought was okay. That was a long time ago. And um, I don't know that, he, I think it may have been something that had come up in that family before. Uh, it was at a parochial school and they, um, you know, private school, so they um, knew the family. But I don't, I have this feeling now when I think about it that he, I don't know that he reported it to Child Protective Services. I think he may have handled it himself, um, and I didn't think that was right later, but um, that was the first time that it ever come up for me, and I just, you know, wasn't too sure how to handle it. Um, but anyway, so that was that. But um, I guess, um, let's see, what else was I going to ask you about that? Did you have something else, Nicole, that you were about to say? Um it's just better, like I said before throughout this um, uh, interview today, it's very important since we don't have the teachers and pediatricians um, having eyes on these kids. Right. It's very important that everyone is a whole community. Um, you know, if you suspect it, it's better just to report it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to take the children away or anything that people think that they've seen in movies and stuff like that, unless there's a reason mm-hmm. to be taken away. And then, you know, that's then then it, that would be great that you reported it because you don't know what's going on in right. the household. Yeah. And yeah. also, you know, if, if a child doesn't have proper heat, if the house doesn't have heat, that's also a form of neglect, um, heat, water, mm-hmm. electricity. Um, yeah. So those are other forms and there's before the last thing that child welfare workers want to do is um you know take the children away from their parents reunification is the number one priority and the safety well actually i should say the safety of the children is the number one priority and if the allegations of abuse are substantiated then there's other ways before just ripping the families apart would they try to um, 
put in like Families First, which is a great, great agency that, you know, goes 10 hours a week into the family's household and, you know, assist them with how to maybe make dinner or, you know, make their life a little bit easier um, mm-hmm. and work with the family, you know. And if there's a yeah. reason why they can't pay the bills, you know, there's a lot of programs that, you know, people aren't aware of that um, that are out here. There's so mm-hmm. many. Um, so, you know, it could be just as simple as that. They just didn't have any resources or know of where to begin. Yeah. So, I think you know, with having having four or five kids, you don't have time to even think about what where you could possibly look for anything. You're lucky right. if you could get everything done um, and try to give, get them some food. I think the other way as far as, like, people reporting um, – you know, you're in charge of the mentoring program. It's a critical need for mentors for young people in foster care. And um, we want to assure positive outcomes for our young people. Um, I've been a mentor to a young girl for about nine years, and it's my joy. Um, I've been on the board of directors of Child Safe Michigan for 16 years, and I know what an outstanding organization it is and how much support they give the mentors and the foster families so maybe you could mention a little bit about um, mentoring to Nicole and what what uh, what people could do if they want more information on on if they would want to be a mentor. <clears throat> yeah, sure. So um, yes, as Mary said, um, we are in need of mentors, and ex- um, especially male mentors, but um, but we're in need of all mentors, and you would. Um, you could contact um, Tiffany, who is my coworker. Um, she's in charge of all the new mentor uh, inquiries, and her email is T Molinax. So it's T M U L L I N A X at childsafemichigan.org, and Michigan spelled out. Or you could always okay. call her. Um, at 248-837-2073. We do have a mentor training that's coming up um, in June, the first Saturday of June, and so it's right around the corner. Um, But it's wonderful. And and today, actually, I received um, a text message from one of the mentors who she was – she's matched with a little boy, and – They've been matched for about a year now, and the match, the relationship is wonderful. So his birthday, um, she had planned a little surprise birthday party for him over the weekend, invited some of her neighbors, and they all had bought him little gifts and stuff. And he gave her a hug at the end of the day, and he said that he'd never had a birthday party or birthday cake. And it was just, it's it's amazing. Um, The mentors get so much more than they've ever expected out of yeah. uh, mentoring these mm-hmm. youth. And, you know, because you got to keep in mind a lot of our youth um, in foster care, you know, they're always, you know, they might be being moved around places. And, and the adults that they have in their life um, are either workers or, you know, if an adult said have placed them into foster care in the first place. So they don't have adults that they can trust and just – um, yeah. Talk to and do outings with. So 
so it's a really great opportunity for not only the mentee but also the mentors. No, I agree. I think I get as much out of it, you know, as she does. I've had her since she was seven and a half, and now she's uh, 17 and about getting ready to go to prom. And we were talking about something, and I can't think of what it was exactly. But I said, well, yeah, well, I said, maybe I could do that because I'm, I'm kind of like family. And she said, no, you are family. So yeah. that really made me feel good. And I think every child <clears throat> every child needs at least one person that they can love and trust. And it gets very difficult when they're in foster care. So anyone that thinks they would like someone in their life that could that could really use them. There are children waiting for you, so think about yes, it. Yes, there are, yes. <laughs> and I, I assure you, you would be very thankful that you did. And child, not only that, but Child Safe Michigan gives so much support. There's just so much support. There's so many things. There's there's um, lots of events and activities that they give you tickets for that you can do with the kids. You know, if you if you don't want to spend a lot of money, they love to just go to parks or just, you know, picnics or things outside, especially now with pandemic and everything. But um, And we have such great community partners, too. We get tickets um, every month for Henry Ford in Greenfield Village. Um, so we pass those along to our matches. Um, and then even for their Halloween event and their um, holiday lights. Water park. <laughs> yeah, the Science Center. Uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of wonderful things. And and in 2020, we were able to give all our matches um, Metro Park passes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that that was um, another great thing because there's so much to do yeah. at Metro Parks. Yeah, and I think you know you these are kids who need you and want you, so you don't have to be concerned about awkwardness or whatever. Of course, you're getting to know the person, but you know, they want you. They want to do fun things. And um, it just is amazing, you know, what, what it can do. I know a couple other people who are mentors also, and uh, it has just helped those kids. They're like, can you just adopt me or can I spend the night? No, I can't spend the night. But, but um, you know, they feel the they feel the closeness and the love from the person, and I think that's, immeasurable as far as what children need. So everybody think about it. There's some great kids out there waiting for you. There are. Um, anything else from you, Nicole, about either mentoring or for our um, uh, child abuse before we close? No, I think that's about it. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about it. And um, Yeah, well, I hope you can, you can put some this, of your um, listeners that are training. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do have the training, and, um, you know, you can even play this uh, recording anywhere that you want to if you want to play it for people that are thinking about becoming a mentor or whatever. And, um, you know, we're just going to need to have our eyes on the kids. And, you know, all children are our children, not just our biological children. All children in the U.S. and all children across the world are are our children because we are really all one people and so we need to care about about all children and see what we can do to help in our own small way. It doesn't have to be something big. So thanks again for being on, Nicole. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, Thank you, Mary. You're welcome. And I will be talking to you soon about the, menti- the mentoring. 
Okay, great. Have a great day. Okay. Bye, you take care. Thanks, Thanks. again. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. I'll speak to everyone else next month. Think about being a mentor. It really is a joy. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Penny.